Let's take, uh, let's take our Bibles. Would you do that this morning? Take your Bibles. Uh, Lorna, we're going to skip that first slide. I'll come to it another Sunday. And um, we are continuing uh, one more week in this topic of uh, just simply God speaks. God speaks. And, and so um, why, don't we, uh, why don't we watch this, this media clip? And, uh, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God this morning. So sometimes the noise of our circumstance and the noise of life and of our responsibilities, sometimes it makes, us, uh, it, makes it difficult to hear God's voice. Have you ever been in that type of situation in your life? And, uh, and, and God hasn't stopped speaking, and yet we, we feel as though it's more difficult to hear. God speaks. We've been pressing into this truth for a few weeks now, and uh, I, I want this morning for us just one last Sunday to look at this thought and to really uh, get it deep in our spirits that part of relationship with God, part of intimacy in any relationship is communication. You want to cut off intimacy, you want to cause a relationship to die, then you're going to stop communicating, right? That's that's. That's one of those foundational things in a relationship that's, you can't negotiate that. And so with God, his desire is hard is that we would know his voice, that there is this communication that God would know that, that you would know that God speaks. And he speaks to you. He doesn't just speak to those around you or to those that have it all together, but he speaks to you. And so this morning, I want to uh, just explore the avenues. How does God speak? Uh, how does God speak? And, and before we get to that, I... Last Sunday, we looked at a young guy named Samuel. He lived in a time where Scripture says God's voice was rare. God, God had, had kind of, the, the Israelites were in this place where they didn't really want to hear God's voice, and so they weren't, they weren't hearing it. And, and Samuel was a young man. God began to speak to him because his heart was such that he wanted to hear God speak. He wanted to know God's plans for his life. In 1 Samuel 3.19 uh, just one thought before we move into how God speaks. Listen to what this verse describes as part of who Samuel was and, and how, uh, how his life was um, characterized. First Samuel 3.19, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Interesting scripture. And this is a reference to not only his prophetic role, See, Samuel was chosen by God to bring a message from God to the Israelite nation. He was a prophet. And that's what prophets, that's what their purpose was. That they would speak to God's people on God's behalf. But it also refers to uh, the fact that God kept his life from being ineffective. God kept Samuel's life from being ineffective. Have you ever spilled milk? Uh, And you really can't use it anymore, right? Uh, it's, it's fallen to the ground. It's been spoiled. We, we are still at a stage in our family where spills happen quite frequently. And um, Scripture says that God kept Samuel's words from falling to the ground. God kept his life from being ineffective. And in part, I believe that was because Samuel had learned how to listen to God's voice. He had learned how to uh, live in such a way as his heart was open to hear, and then he began to live his life from that posture of knowing God's voice. And so, and so Samuel lived a life that was effective for God, in part, I believe, because 
he learned to hear God's voice in his life. And so the challenge for us and for you today is, is don't, don't allow your life to become ineffective by living it apart from knowing God's voice. God wants you to hear his voice in your life. And then when you hear God's voice, allow him to bring adjustments to your life so that your life is effective. You know, what's, uh, what's the benefit of speaking if no one is listening? What's the benefit of hearing God's voice if we really don't have a desire deep within us to obey or to respond to what he wants to speak to us? And Samuel lived with this deep desire to know God's voice in his life and then to follow it, to be obedient. And we have an insight into this approach that Samuel brought to his relationship with God in this, in this verse that I'm going to show you in just a moment. And um, the context is Saul Saul has heard a directive from God and he's decided to disobey it and go his own way. And um, Samuel comes into the scene and he hears, he hears some animals in the background and God's instruction to Saul in this particular battle was to destroy everything. And Samuel says, you know what, what's this that I'm hearing? And, and Saul says, oh, well, we just kept the best for God. We want to we sacrifice uh, some animals to God so we kept them. And, and Samuel replies this way. He says to Saul, he says, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? And he says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of the fat of rams. And, and what he was saying, we get an insight into what Samuel had discovered and he discovered this, that when you hear God's voice, that place of obedience and submission is a place of blessing. And so what, what does Samuel say? He says, hey, Saul, listen, you, know, you might have thought you were doing the right thing, but, but obedience is better. It's just better, right? That's the better path for your life. Obedience is better. When we hear God's voice, obedience is better. Turn to someone and say, obedience is better. You take a minute to do that because it's true. It's true. What, what's God's best for your life? It's for you to hear his voice and then say, okay, yes, God. It's for you to read his word and say, God, I'm going to follow that because it's just better. It's better than any other plan you could put in place for your life. It's better than deciding I'm going to follow my own plans in this area of my life. It's just better. How many of you want better for your life? I do. And so, and so Samuel is, is uncovering a principle that I believe he lived by. He discovered, boy, you know, I may think that my plan is good, but boy, God's plan is better. It's just better. And so here we come to this thought again that, uh, that hearing God speak is good, but, but what's even better is following his voice, is responding and saying, yes, God, I not only want to hear your voice, but I want to I follow it. And so when we come to this question then, how does God speak? What are the avenues in which God speaks to us? There's, there's so many so many ways that God speaks. God is, is, is a God of such tremendous variety. And, and we can look uh, just quickly at Scripture, at Old Testament Scripture. God speaks in many different ways. If you read through the Old Testament, I think I just have them listed here. We're not going to take time to really look at all these individually, but God spoke through angels. God spoke through visions. He still speaks this way today. God spoke through dreams. God spoke uh, through the use of the, the Urim and, and the Thummim. 
Uh, that was an interesting way that God would speak. There was a breastplate that the, that the priest was to wear. It had stones on it. And in some way, uh, when, people, when, when God's people needed to say, God, do we go to battle? Do we not? Uh, David used this way of inquiring of God. God would somehow, through that, through that breastplate with these stones on it, he would give them direction. Interesting. Uh, God spoke through symbolic actions. He told his prophets to do some pretty weird and wild things. Because he wanted to speak to the nation of Israel. God spoke in a gentle whisper. Remember that story where Elijah was discouraged. In fact, he wanted to die. He said to God, I'm so weary, I just want to give up. Just take me home. God, God feeds him twice. He says, you need some rest. Uh, good advice sometimes in our lives. You need rest. You need, you need a good meal. You need to, to be refreshed. And then he continues on to the mountain of God. And he hears God's voice. God speaks through miraculous signs. This is the reference to Pharaoh when God was speaking clearly to Pharaoh and saying, these are my people and you're going to let them go. You're, you're going to give them their freedom. It's going to happen. And let me just begin to speak to you, Pharaoh, about my plan for my people. Then we come to the Gospels. And, and, and here, Scripture says this, that, that God actually came. Jesus came. And one of the descriptions of Jesus is the Word. So, so God himself, God's message, God embodied in, in the Son of, of, of God, Jesus, he actually came and he began to walk this earth. And so the Word of God, Jesus, was walking the earth. You could, the disciples could, could listen to God's direction as they spent time with Jesus. They could see what God was like as they spent time with Jesus, the word became flesh. The communication of God, so to speak, became flesh and walked amongst us. Can you imagine that? So just as Moses was face-to-face with God at the burning bush, the disciples were face-to-face with God in a personal relationship with Jesus. Hebrews 1, 1 1-4 says, God continues to speak to us through Jesus. We can read God's word, we can read the gospels, and we can know that God is speaking to us through Jesus' actions, through, his, through what he did uh, in, in his ministry here on earth. And then we come a little bit closer to the present time, the book of Acts. God decides that here's the next step through Jesus and through what God has done through, through Jesus. We can now actually have the Spirit of God that lives within us. And God sends his Holy Spirit. And so we're reminded this morning that because the Holy Spirit is present with you, he can speak to you at any time. So God speaks to us in, in many different ways, but God has given you his Holy Spirit, and that's the primary means through which he wants to speak to you, that you would begin to hear the voice of the Spirit in your life, that you would begin to know the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Corinthians uh, 2, verses 9 to 12 says. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, But God has revealed it to us. How has he revealed it? He's revealed it to us by his spirit, capital S. You know that he's talking about his Holy Spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God. Let's read that again. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. 
We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. And so we live in the reality of the day and age in which God has sent his spirit to live within us, to walk with us. Do you know that the Holy Spirit's assignment for you is to reveal truth to you, to help you to understand and to know the voice of God in your life? And so the Holy Spirit guides us into truth. He teaches us all things. And you understand spiritual truth because of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. In fact, we can't really understand the Word of God unless the Spirit of God teaches us. I, I felt a long time ago uh, in, my, in my walk with God, I felt the Lord just say this to me, that every time that I come to the Word of God, that I am to pause and I'm just to pray. And, and I try to remember to do that on Sunday mornings. I forgot to do it this morning. But, but just to pray, to pause and say, Spirit of God, you're, you're the Spirit of truth. You are actually the one that inspired this book. You're the author, right? And so as I come to the Word of God, would, would you help me? Would you help me to understand it? Because I, I know that, that in my own uh, knowledge, that, that truth cannot be simply discovered, but truth is revealed. You know there's this word called revelation. And when you interact with the Word of God, what's happening is revelation. You're not just discovering something, but it's being revealed to you. And that's, that's that, that interface between us and the Word of God. That's why the Word of God is living and active. So you don't discover truth in God's Word. It's revealed to you. It's, it's this place of revelation. And it's when the Holy Spirit begins to say to you, this is what God's Word means for your life. Have you ever had an experience where you're reading a passage of Scripture and, and there's one verse that just, it, it, it looks like there's a highlighter that's been put across it as you're reading it. Has that ever happened to you? That's the Holy Spirit revealing truth to you. That's, that's revelation. That's this interaction, this relational peace. When you come to God's Word, you don't discover truth. It is revealed to you. There's revelation. And so I encourage you, if that's not your habit, that when you come to God's Word, would you pause and say, Holy Spirit, your role is to help me Help me to understand. Your role is to reveal, to, to pull back the curtains on God's word and to speak spirit to spirit uh, into my life. Scripture says in 2 Timothy 3.16, is that distracting, that background? I'm going to use the, the handheld. I'm not sure this morning uh, what's up with the, with the headset. Can you just turn it off, Paul? Thanks. No sense in living with distraction, right? If we can get rid of it. 2 Timothy 3.16. Um, keeping in mind that, that the Holy Spirit speaks through Scripture, and that's the primary way that God speaks to us, amongst other ways as well. But, but Scripture says, uh, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses His Word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so, how does God speak? The primary way that God speaks to you is because he's placed his Holy Spirit in your life, and then as you go to God's word, there's this revelation that happens. God's word begins to speak to you, begins to speak truth to you, and, and it helps us to, to, to do what God's prepared for us to do. It helps us to walk in that place of not living an ineffective life. And so there's this pattern. We, we come, we read the Word of God, 
The Spirit of Truth reveals God's Word to us. There's this thing called revelation that happens. It's, it's the Spirit of God helping us to understand the Word of God. And then what we do at that point is we adjust our lives to, uh, to match what God, God's Word speaks to us, right? There's, there's an adjustment that happens in our lives. There's transformation. And then God can then work in us and through us to accomplish His purposes. And so God's Word speaks by His Holy Spirit. Be careful how you listen to God. Make up your mind that when the Spirit of God speaks to you through His Word, that you're going to simply say yes and do what God's Word is saying to do. That you have this approach that Samuel brought to God, and that is a yes to God. You know, there's this parable of the sower and the seed that illustrates this. And there is a farmer that took that seed that has life in it, and he scattered it. And some of it fell on different, it fell on different types of soil, but, but the soil that actually made it effective was soil that was ready to receive. It was soil that, that was tilled, that was, that was ready to, to receive that seed and then bring a harvest. And Jesus says, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. And it's just a reminder to us that if we're asking for God to speak to us, that we're also, we're also in a posture before him that is ready to receive. And that we'd be careful how we listen. There's this parable of the wise and foolish builders that illustrates this as well. There was two builders. Both of them, uh, both of them heard some advice. One of them took that advice. And one of them lost everything when the storms came, and one of them stood on solid ground. And, and what was the difference between those two people? Well, Jesus said that, that both of them heard, but only one put into practice what he heard. And so simply hearing God's word isn't enough, but, but obeying it, putting it into practice will be the foundation on which you build your life. Yesterday, we, uh, we had a chance uh, to help to, um, to bag some sand and uh, and took the afternoon just, just to do what we could to help friends of ours that have a cottage down on um, just past Rhodes Bay. How many of you have kind of driven down to the river to see how high it is? It's, it's, uh, it's high. Um, there's a lot of people that are, uh, are in danger of losing homes. And so, and so we, uh, you know, Facebook actually can be good sometimes. So we, we found out on Facebook that, that this, this, these friends of ours were just calling out for help. Can anyone come and help? And so we made our way down. You know, I, I was tempted to say I'm too busy because I hadn't finished my sermon. And, and when I thought about that after, I thought, you know, isn't that what the Good Samaritan story is all about? You know, sorry, I can't come and help you because I'm, I'm writing a sermon, right, about how I'm to live. Um, I'm glad I, I, uh, I made the decision to go. Uh, boy, we can do that sometimes, can't we? Uh, and so I'm getting sidetracked. We went and we had a chance to help. But it just reminded me again that the foundation that you're built on is so important. In some of those cottages, they're, they're built on cinder blocks, which is just kind of sitting on, on earth. And so when the storms come, um, there's a real fear that that foundation is not going to hold. And perhaps that's all they had to build on at that point. But, but part of hearing God's voice is, is saying, God, I, I will then put it into practice. And that's the foundation that's where you will find a sure footing for your life. 
it's not just hearing, but it's putting it into practice. And so Jesus told that parable to remind us, hey, there's, there's two types of listeners. There's, there's listeners that hear it and, and think, wow, what a, what a great thought from God's word. You know, that was something awesome I read this morning in my devotions. But then, but then we don't put it into practice. And then there's those that, that say, God, how, how does this now apply to my life? I heard someone ask the question, or I read this question this week, and it just really struck me. How powerful is God's word in your life? It's a bit of a striking question. How powerful is God's word in your life? What place are you giving it? It can be a foundation that, that, that God will use to help you to, to journey through life. And so God will speak to you. He will speak to you through his word as the Holy Spirit reveals it. And when God speaks, he has a purpose. He's up to something. When you begin to sense God speaking in your life, it's because there's something that he wants to either uh, you know, bring about in your life or there's something that he wants to fulfill in your life or there's something that he wants to do through your life. When God speaks, there's a reason. It's a good reason. There was a man that was reading... Uh, in his devotions one morning, and he read Psalm 37. He had read it many times. But when he was reading it this time, this one uh, verse stuck out to him, and it's the verse that says this, the wicked borrows and does not repay. The wicked borrows and was not re- does not repay. And he went on and read the rest of it, but he kept getting drawn back to that one phrase, the wicked borrows and does not re- repay. And at that moment, he remembered that he had borrowed some money from someone It was a fairly sizable sum, and he had meant to pay it back. In fact, he had said to that person, when I get my next paycheck, I'm going to give you that money back. And and it had slipped his mind. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to him about the fact that he needed to repay that money. And, And as soon as he was done his devotions, he went, he got a check, he wrote that check, he mailed it to that person that he owed his money to. And that was just such a practical way that God wanted to speak to him. And it was in that moment where he was reading God's word. The Holy Spirit was saying, you need to repay that money. You know, the Spirit of God is so practical in our lives. Uh, you've probably experienced a time when, when there's, there's an impression on your heart or there's a thought that keeps reoccurring. Perhaps the thought is this. Uh, you need to call such and such a person. And it, it's, it's just a thought that won't, that won't leave you, right? And, and as, as, you, um, as you begin to, to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit... That you get to know that one of the characteristics of his voice is that he's persistent. And, and so in those moments, perhaps you've gone, you've picked up the phone, you've called, you've said, I'm not sure why I'm calling, and, and they know exactly why, they're, why you're calling. There, there's a reason. Trust that the Holy Spirit wants you to have a relationship with him that is, that is that intimate that you can hear his voice, that you learn to recognize it. And he speaks to you primarily uh, through his word. God speaks to reveal himself, to reveal his purposes, to reveal his ways. And so, so God's word is powerful. It's living and active. Listen to what Hebrews 4.12 says. It, it likens God's word to, to um, a scalpel, uh, in, a, in a sense, a surgeon's tool. For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The NLT says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Why would God's purpose be to expose 
our innermost thoughts and desires? Is it to shame us? No. Is it to condemn us? No. It's to allow God to begin to work in those innermost places that need his touch, in those innermost places that need transformation, in those thoughts and desires that are not God-honoring but, but, but can be transformed as God begins to speak. And so spend time in God's word because he will speak to you through his word as the Holy Spirit brings revelation. Spend time in God's word because it's a weapon. Get to know it. Ephesians six seventeen, such a familiar passage of scripture, but it talks about how uh, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And as you begin to know God's word, as God begins to speak his word into your life, then you can begin to speak God's word into your circumstance. You can begin to speak God's word into places that need the truth of God uh, to break down barriers, to, to bring victory. I had a, I had a dream uh, about a month and a half ago, and I've said to this, I've mentioned this before, that God doesn't tend to speak to me in dreams. In fact, this is, I think, the only the second time in my life that I woke up feeling like God was speaking something specifically to me through a dream. And I won't get into detail, but in this dream, there was someone that, that needed freedom. There was an oppression on their life uh, that, was, that was, the source of it was the enemy, that the enemy was trying to discourage them and hold them in a place of bondage. And, and I remember in that dream, uh, trying to minister to that person and, and it, it wasn't effective. We weren't making any progress. They weren't finding freedom. And in the midst of that, I woke up with a start. And, and, I, and I wondered, you know, God, what is this dream about? And I, I really felt strongly that God dropped this thought into my heart. And, and the thought was this. You need to know God's word. It, if we are going to help people find freedom, if we are going to find true freedom in our lives, we need to know God's word. And that's why Ephesians 6, 17 says that God's word is the sword of the spirit. And and I've been reminded of that dream often in the last while. And the question is, you know, how how much of God's word have I hidden in my heart? And to be honest, I find memorizing scripture is not easy. Anyone else can say, yeah, I'm there too. But I just, I had this sense that God was saying to me, especially in the day and age in which we live, we need to know God's word if we're going to help people find freedom. Because God's word is that sword. God's word is that truth that can break through barriers, that can bring freedom to people's lives. And I really felt this morning that that I wanted to ask you to, to pray for me, that I would be able to hide God's word in my heart more effectively. Because God's gonna bring people my way, God's gonna bring people your way that need to find freedom. And if the enemy's gonna be overcome, we need to know God's word. You know, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the desert, what did he do? He spoke God's word, right? He overcame the onslaught of the enemy by speaking God's word. God's word is living. God's word is active. God's word is powerful to demolishing strongholds. And so Jesus knew that this was essential and he spoke God's word and the enemy was defeated. The enemy who was trying to bring him into temptation, trying to bring him into a place of of stealing his freedom was overcome by the word of God. And so as you pray for me, I'm gonna pray for you as well. That church, we need to be be a church, we need to be uh, people that know the word of God so that 
we can walk in freedom and so that we can help others to find freedom. God's word is a weapon against the enemy. And so it's so important to hear the voice of God through his word, to hide God's word in our hearts. I think Pastor Kyle had mentioned this perhaps, or maybe he was in a conversation with me, and he said the junior high speaker that was ministering uh, a few weeks ago to the junior highs said this. He said, read God's word until you know God's voice. Is that how he put it? Read God's word until you hear his voice. And, and there's a powerful truth to that, that it's in God's word that we will experience his voice. It's in God's word that we will experience him speaking to us. And so can I encourage you this morning, as, as I feel that God is really um, laying on my heart, that we would know the word of God. I would go so far as to say, if you want to walk in true freedom in your life, then you have to be in God's word. Those things are, there's a correlation there. Because as you're in God's word, the truth of your condition is revealed. The truth of your desires is revealed, and God begins to do a good work in those places. God begins to do only what he can do. God begins to free you up in places where you need freedom. And so, read God's word until you hear his voice. God speaks by his Holy Spirit through Scripture. And he speaks in many other ways as well. So we come to this thought, taking a lot of time on God's word this morning because it's such an essential way that he speaks. But, but here, here's what we can then begin to, to realize. With scripture as our guide, God can speak in unique ways to individuals. With scripture as our guide, God can speak in other ways as well. He still speaks uh, through dreams. He still speaks... Uh, through, his, through other people speaking into your life. He still speaks through uh, angels. God still speaks in many different ways. Do you realize that in the Old Testament, um, God spoke through the, the mouth of a donkey? How's that for unusual? But in our context, as, as we have the word of God, that as we know God's word, as we, as we know God's word as our guide, then God can speak to you in other ways as well. And you can know that, that anything that God speaks to you through circumstance, through prayer, through other people, that if it doesn't line up with God's word, then you can just set it aside. So with God's word as your guide, you can be listening for, for God to speak in, in different ways. Not sure how he might choose to speak to you, but God speaks. Just quickly, a couple of other ways before we come to communion. God speaks through prayer. We know that prayer is, is, a, is a relational um, activity. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. I encourage you this morning that if you don't keep a journal, that, that as you pray, you would have your Bible open and you would have your journal open. And as God begins to speak to you through his word, as you're praying about situations, then begin to jot down what you feel God is speaking into your life, what he's speaking about that situation. You know, men journaling isn't... Um, isn't simply for the non-masculine person, right? You can journal. I have a journal that I keep, and I don't do it every day. But boy, I, I've looked back over that and realized, you know, writing down what, what I felt God speaking to me is so important because it solidifies it in my heart, and, and I can go back to it and look at it again. Look at it again. And so I encourage you, let's get really practical this morning. Um, get a journal. 
If you don't have a journal, get something to write on. You know, someday, people are going to look back over your journal, maybe your children, your grandchildren, and they're going to have an insight into how God's spoken into your life on a daily basis. They're going to realize how God has has been speaking to you. God speaks through circumstance. At times, God will use circumstances to confirm what he has been speaking to you about. You know, God can orchestrate circumstances to speak to you. It needs to be a confirmation of what God has already begun to speak to you through his word. You don't, just, you don't just take a circumstance on its own and make a decision about God's will based on a circumstance. But again, if it lines up with what God's been speaking to you through his word, if it's a confirmation that God will speak to you through circumstance, he will orchestrate things in your life that you begin to realize, God, I, I see your hand in this, and you're revealing direction in this circumstance. And so I'm realizing that, that God, you speak to me through, through circumstance. Finally, God speaks to you through the church. And I don't mean uh, to say that the only time you're going to sense God speaking to you is between uh, 10 and 11.30 on a Sunday morning. But what I do mean is this, that I believe that God speaks to us corporately when we gather together and we set time aside for him and we linger in his presence. I believe that in our gatherings that you are meant to hear God's voice, that you are meant to sense Uh, his presence in your life in a specific way. And then there's people around you that you are meant uh, to hear God's voice through. When you have decisions, don't make decisions on your own. (laughs) Find two or three people that you know you can trust that decision, uh, that that question to, and, and ask them to pray. Put it out there to people that are in your circle relationally that know the Lord you know, God has designed you not to journey alone. And so, and so church, let's, let's draw on the strength that God intends, and that is that you would hear his direction through other people as well in your life, that you would hear confirmation, perhaps through a prophetic word, perhaps through a conversation that you have with someone and you recognize, God, you're speaking to me through this person. And again, those things should confirm what God has already been speaking to you about. A prophetic word should confirm what God is beginning to lay on your heart. And it should be confirmed through his word. So we don't detest the prophetic, but we test it. Isn't that what scripture says? Don't detest, but but test it. Allow God to speak to you through those avenues. Ask people to pray for you in moments of decision. And so as we come to the communion table this morning... Be reminded that God speaks. God speaks. He wants you to learn to recognize his voice. He wants you to learn to have that intimacy with him. And it's a learning process. It's learning to hear God's voice. It's learning uh, to test it and, and to, uh, to um, confirm it in his word. And so this morning as we come to the communion table, I just want you to, to be reminded that Jesus spoke Uh, through his actions. He went to the cross, and by his actions, he spoke a message to you, and that was the message of his love for you. So Jesus has spoken by his sacrifice for us. I'm just going to ask that we would stand. I'm going to ask Stephanie if you'd come back and the team. And it's been a bit of of a teaching type of sermon this morning, just looking quickly at a number of ways that God speaks to us. But I'm just believing that 
God will begin to help you to hear his voice in clearer and clearer ways. That he would speak to you in ways that you know are undoubtedly the voice of God. And he would speak to you things that would give you direction. He would speak to you things that would reveal his character, that would give you wisdom, that would make your life effective for him. And so this morning we're going to close by by just thanking Jesus for what he's done, that he's spoken to us through his actions. And, and just as Stephanie begins to lead us, just invite you to come. There's three different places where you can, you can come and get the emblems. So would you come and take them back to your seat, and, and we'll, uh, we'll take them together in just a moment. But church, let's take a minute to just remember what Jesus has done for us. Would you come?